Stories. Everybody's got them, and we can learn from each other. History can be traced through letters and writings, but the one thing that has remained throughout the generations is the oral tradition. Oral history is one attempt to pass along the stories, tales, musings, and remembrances of one family for the benefit of listeners for generations to come. Join us now for this episode of Oral History with Jeff Zulkowski. All right, we're back for part three. If you've been with us for parts one and two of the Zulkowski years, you know that my sweet wife Larissa has joined us, and we're going to kind of take you through where we've been and where we're headed. So we've gone through our meeting, our coming together, our dating, and then the process of how God spoke to us and drew us to one another. In in episode seven, we spent a lot of time talking about how God brought us to both to the realization that he had a plan for us to be together through one particular weekend in May of 2005, and then our time together during our, um, our engagement in June and the events that led kind of up to that. We had initially planned to, in my mind, planned to be married in August. I had some dear <laughs> friends in Nashville who had several kids, four kids total that were in involved in school. And I had told Larissa that I wanted them to be a part of this. And the thought was that the only way they could be a part of it was if we had it before school started. But they were gracious enough to, even though plans moved back and we were uh, eventually married in October, in the middle of October, they came and were part of the wedding. But part of my time in Nashville, God really grew me as a human being. I talked about this several episodes ago where God really knit my heart to a group of guys. And I had a group of guys that I needed to have on that platform with me. From my friend Sean, who was my best friend growing up through my college years, to the guys in Cleveland, Brian and Joe, who were now part of my life. But in between, I had this group of of many guys, um, my brother-in-law, my brother, and several others. And so I'll let Larissa tell you the story of how we settled on the number of attendants we would have at our wedding. So uh, originally, so we're planning the wedding. Uh, my mom and I had bought the material for my dress. We decided what my dress was going to be. She'd measured me. She was working on that. And, um, but she said, I, I need to know how many attendants you're going to have, because I said originally, I said, well, you don't have to make all their dresses. You know, we can find something. Cause I didn't want it. I'd been, a, let me tell you, I've been a bridesmaid so many times and I just wanted to make sure that it was something like if the girls had to pay for it, that it was something that they could wear again. And I didn't care. I mean, I'd had a time when I had people like, it has to be like this and has to be this many inches from the ground and you have to get shoes dyed the same. I go, well, we're not going to do that. We're not doing it. Because um, nobody cares. <laughs> no. And uh, Pink so chiffon I, I, or I, no, green no. chiffon. Yeah. You know, I never really had any that were terrible. But um, I, so I said to Jeff, you know, how many attendants do you think you'd like? I'm thinking... Well, I'm going to have my nieces and my two sisters and my best friend, Krista. Uh, so I'm like, I easily have five. Um, I'm thinking my nieces were young enough when they were in high school, maybe college. Mm -hmm. I don't even remember. But uh, they were in high, high school, college. So I'm like, you know, they could be junior bridesmaids. They don't have to walk down with somebody. So if he just has, you know, three or two or three guys, whatever, we'll make it work. Um. 
He originally told me, um, 12. I have 12 guys. <laughs> Are you joking? I thought he was joking. He's totally not joking. Um, well, it ended up, uh, we settled on 10. I go, oh my gosh. When I think that his brother-in-law, I don't know, he, I there had... were a couple people who said they'd step back, but it ended up somebody was sick and then one other of his good friend's father passed away and so he couldn't be there so right. it was my best we one had of my enough, dear friends jeff we had enough men to cover it all so i go 10 so i'm thinking oh my gosh i gotta find five more people anyway so i said to my mom 10 and she looked at me like i was insane but um we actually found a pattern that was easy so she planned to make all the dresses i go oh my gosh and she did so just so you can know how amazing my mother is, she made 10 bridesmaids dresses, four flower girl dresses, because the Howell girls were flower girls. And uh, my friends, uh, T.R. and Angie Knight, have twin girls, who Emily and Rachel, and uh, they'd never been in a wedding and really didn't have any opportunity to be in one. And I, I wanted them because I used to babysit for them and they were very close. So four flower girls, 10 bridesmaids, my dress, and her, and her own, own dress. dress, which by the way, she sewed together the morning of the wedding and looked fabulous. And I, I just, I can't even. All between June oh, and Oh yeah, October. between June 9th and October 15th. So all y'all just kudos to Linda there. Um, anyway, so we decided that we start making plans. We start looking at, we're going, oh, well, we could have, you know, we're thinking hors d'oeuvres and everything. I start losing my mind because I'm like, this is so expensive. I don't know how we'll do this. My parents stepped in, wonderful people that they are. And um, they're like, well, why don't we just do like fruit and like stew cheesecake? My mom said, we could go to um, Sam's Club and get these cheesecakes. We had frozen cheesecakes in freezers all over Upland. Um they were already sliced, you know, so we had cheesecake and my dad made um, cheese plates and fruit plates because uh, he used to own grocery stores. And so he loved doing that. So he did all those platters. And um, I found a wonder, a wonderful lady in Marion, Indiana, who made made us a cake. It was a sheet, uh, two sheet cakes and I think a three layer Correct. wedding cake yep. for one hundred and thirty five dollars. And it was is, delicious. And it was Amazing. I think that was one of the only things we ate that day. Uh, it was delicious and it was amazing. Um, and we decorated the stage with mums and people. Yeah. my I was like, well, how are we going to do this? I said, I want the people to see all of us. So instead of the pastor standing on the stage and being like, nobody wants to look at you. They want to look at me. <laughs> <laughs> so we decorated the stage with couples. You know, the people who are attendants were up there. My parents found moms at Sam's Club that perfectly matched the burgundy of the girls' dresses. So we had moms and people, and we stood on the stage, and Rick Duncan came over from Cleveland and did part of it because he did our um, premarital counseling. And then um, Bob Heilshorn. Bob Heilshorn uh, married us in the state of Indiana, and dear man, and he'll be so thrilled to know that I am a proud Buckeye because he's from Ohio. He always talked about being a Buckeye and loving Ohio State, and I didn't understand until I lived here, but Bob, I'm with you. And um, it was just, 
the the day was beautiful it was sunny it was cool it was very windy but it was the most gorgeous day and uh uh i remember the uh just friend um steve no the uh videographer oh adam adam came. adam killian and his wife megan came over to videotape the wedding and uh i remember megan said i saw you because i don't think i'd ever met her she said i couldn't believe i thought you were the bride but i thought that can't be because she's way too calm i was just you know what the end of the day i'm gonna be married and it's a beautiful day and i was just I was just so happy at one point there's a picture somewhere of me and my nieces and a couple of other girls jumping up and down. Cause I'm yelling, I'm getting married. I'm getting married. It was kind of crazy. And this was the first opportunity for you to meet my dad. <gasps> That's right. Um, a lot of just family. I, well, I never met your sister. Right. Either. They came I from hadn't Colorado, met any of his family cause they my were brother from Albuquerque. <laughs> they were out from out west, so I never met them. I believe I'd spoken to at least Michelle and Irwin, his sister and brother-in-law, on the phone. Um, but so I met Jeff's family. Well, the day of the wedding, Jeff's dad, Alex, who we all call Grandpa, flew in. And we're getting pictures taken beforehand. We, Jeff and I had a moment where we got to see each other beforehand privately. And... Um, but then I said, I want the pictures done beforehand because I don't want people having to wait forever. And uh, so we're getting pictures taken. And um, I didn't really notice um, just dad walking in, but he had a walker. But I finally, his sister-in-law, um, my sister-in-law, um, Bernie, oh, Bernie, Bernie caught my eye and was pointing to him. He'd sat down in a pew saying this mouth, this is grandpa. I'm like, oh, I just, I swept off the stage and I, cause I wanted to meet him cause Jeff had told me so much about his dad. And I walked up to him and I said, I am so happy to finally meet you. And he looked at me and the first thing he said to me was, you are so beautiful. And I knew that we were going to be best friends from that <laughs> day on. <laughs> uh, he's grandpa was such a dear man. And, um, I was so thrilled that he could be there. And, um, it was just the most beautiful day. I'd had somebody tell me, and I tell this to every bride. Um, I said, during the, the um, rehearsal and the wedding day, just stop and take snapshots. Mental snapshots. Mental snapshots in your mind of the place and the people and things that are happening. And, and I did, and I still can close my eyes and see all of that and the people who were there um, helping uh, so my family could be, it was the church I grew up in. Um, Je we had considered getting married here. I think originally Jeff thought we were going to get married in Cleveland, uh, you know, because he worked at a church. And I go, um, I would be drawn and quartered <laughs> if I didn't get married back in my hometown. I said, do you have any idea how many people here have prayed for me for so many years to find to find someone to um for a husband for me and i said is really really important to me that i get married there he's like okay <laughs> and so, so my family my family and friends came from albuquerque new mexico from colorado from catala georgia um cleveland nashville 
and we just we had we a had, lot of people. Yeah, there were there were 125 people in the audience that day, mm-hmm. but the ceremony itself, there were some key moments for us. Um, one in particular, as Pastor Duncan is praying at the beginning of the service, and he's just offering a prayer, and Larissa and I are standing facing each other, and I noticed during the prayer that Megan Howell has kind of gotten away from her mom and is toddling across the room toward me. Go ahead and tell the story. <laughs> well, because I the flower girls, I think she had just hadn't gotten a chance to get off the stage yet. And so Megan sees Uncle Jeff and she starts walking over. She's got her arms up. I'm like, as soon as he opens his eyes, you know, as soon as we open our eyes, everybody's going to look up and Jeff's going to be holding this little girl and people are going to go, what's going on? Fortunately, my sister Deborah snagged her really quickly and took her over the edge of the stage and Jennifer um, picked her up. And so we had her on the front on the front um, pew. Uh, and I always joke that all the Howell girls were at my wedding because at that point, Jennifer was pregnant for with Sophie for Sophie. She was born the following April. So I tell the mom, like, you were all there. But Sophie, you just didn't get to be a flower girl. But um, at one point, <laughs> oh, you got to tell what. Um, well, what? before we get there. So, again, Larissa pointed this out a couple episodes ago, that during the ceremony, Rick Duncan tells the story of the first time I'd come to Cleveland and told him and Brian Howell and Dan Burgoyne and their wives that I had come to Cleveland to start a family. And Larissa had never heard that story. And you can can see see on the videotape, I look at Jeff and go, I never knew that. And you could see on the videotape that, that I said that. And I go, well, that was just, but it was, it was just, I just keep thinking it was, just, that day was just so beautiful. So much fun. So many dear, dear people were there celebrating with us. And so many dear people were celebrating with us and, you know, to have all my family and his family there. And, uh, there was some arneriness going on. Oh yeah. And it came at the hands of my best man, Chip, and, of course, Deborah, my sister-in-law, who was always the instigator of... She always got us in trouble all the time growing up. I'm just saying. It was usually Deborah's idea. And then she'd back away and play the innocent. Uh-huh. Anyway, so tell what they did. Well, they had they had purchased a bag full of little plastic rings. Deborah had cross-stitched the uh, ring pillow. um, And she had gotten some little plastic silver rings to tie on them because we didn't want to put the actual rings on there. Um, Because Megan was carrying it. (laughs) She was not quite two. Um, And so... De- but she had, I think Deborah had to buy a bag of 50 of them or something, 25 or 50 of them. So she had these extra things. So she and Chip Cur- uh, Chip Curran um, cooked up this idea. So when it came time for Rick to ask the best man for the ring, Chip reaches into his pocket and pulls out the bottom of his pocket and basically spills out rings 48 go rings. Yes. People are laughing. They're kind of chuckling. And then he bends down and he picks one up. He goes, will this one work? And everybody died laughing. I'm like, oh, my gosh. And and again, it was just 
<laughs> the day. It was fun. It was, so it was fun. exciting. It was loose. And we just had the best time all the way through. And one of the sweetest things that happened, um, we were pronounced man and wife and little Megan Howell sitting on the front pew in the silence right before people started applauding. She said, yay, and started clapping her hands. And then everybody started clapping. We're like, oh my gosh, that was the cutest thing ever. You could hear it on the video if you'd listen really closely. You can hear her go, yay. I don't know why she thought, I mean, she wasn't even two yet. I don't know why she thought that was a yay moment, but it was it was so sweet. And then we, we had um, little cameras on each table, you know, so we have wonderful can, uh, candid pictures of, all these people that were here, we have a beautiful album. Um, like I said, the cake was amazing. And uh, it was just the most beautiful celebration of a day. I couldn't think of anything that I would have done differently. Actually, at one point, um, to go back a little bit, my my mom and my sister Deborah were, you know, planning all this kind of thing. Deborah's really good at putting things together and... They kept calling me and asking me questions. Mind you, I'm in Cleveland, so I'm four and a half hours away, working full time at a very, at, you know, probably the most stressful job I've ever had. I mean, I love the job, but, you know, it took a lot of time, took a lot of brain power, and getting my master's degree online at the same time. I finally said to them sometime in August. I'm like, you know what? Oh, and we bought a house. Right. In August, we found our house and we bought it. I moved in. So all of these things are happening. We're trying to plan this wedding. And I finally just said, I don't care. Like they're calling me to ask about decorations for the, for the um, reception. I go, I don't care. I'm like Deborah, you have way better taste than I do. I can't imagine that I would say anything that you thought it was like. She goes, Oh, great. <laughs> like, I think it made her just really happy because she could just do what she wanted. And like, you, go, I, you go back a couple of episodes where we talked about my moving to Cleveland and my trust in Brian Howell to find me a, a, a house to live oh, in. Oh, yeah. This is just uh, the same. Uh, I go, it was the same what? thing. It's You'll like, probably come up with better things than I would ever come up with. And honestly, the best thing that you can do for me right now is to stop asking me more questions. I, I don't care. <laughs> and so, and it was beautiful i mean they borrowed decorations somebody had this stuff i mean it was gorgeous and so, i was like yeah it was better than i could have imagined so more orneriness we get oh. to the we get to the table to cut the cake and my wife can see in my eyes that i have something up my sleeve go ahead and i said to him you know the feeding of the of the wedding cake is is supposed to be the symbol of how you are going to serve me in life, in our married life. And that's what mine's supposed to be. So if you dare to shove that in my face, you will be very sorry. <laughs> he did not. He I did fed not. it to me very gently. Though I could tell he really, really wanted to shove it in my face. But he did not because I would not have been happy. I always hated that. I'm like, wow, that's just mean <laughs> i just never thought that was funny like and the next arneriness happened as we were proceeding out of the gymnasium at at larissa's church oh well that's not all somebody okay. goes oh can i um they had to move my car 
if you could see my face right now, I'm rolling my eyes. Um, Martha Godfrey, who was the last person I thought would do that. I trusted her with my keys. Do you know she just handed those things over and they decorated our car? We didn't find that right away. But on our way out to get in the car... Where everyone has bubbles instead of rice or, you know, birdseed bird or, or whatever. And my best man walks up in the middle of us walking out and pours one of these over my head. And I'm walking blind. Like, I can't open my eyes I without the soap going into my Fortunately, eyes. Fortunately, he was holding my hand and I was walking. So he's like trying to wipe off the... Then we look and our car is filled with balloons. Pink, that's that's okay. That that's wasn't okay. difficult. We opened the doors and this horrible, sweet, acrid smell of, I believe it was a dozen. A dozen Vanilla Rama air fresheners that our dear friend, dear friend, Joe Valenti, uh, decided that he would put in our car. We I found, know he had help. We found the last one a probably years, a year, after, couple of years after, after we, we found were, it in the wiring behind the back seat. I mean, we and we couldn't find them all before. So we had to leave. We had it was it got cold that night. We we drove to Fort Wayne um, because we we're going we we're going to honeymoon in um, Amish country. Here, here, but it was cheaper if we went like Monday through Thursday. So we drove to Fort Wayne on Saturday night, stayed in a hotel. Then we came home for Sunday and then we left on Monday. Um, so we drove the whole way to Fort Wayne with our windows down and freezing because it smelled, it smelled so bad. So bad. I think then the next day we found them in the vents. Like yes. we found some in the vents and then it was better. But they they hid them quite well in there. And was there shaving cream or soap or something? All over, over the it? windows. We had to go actually stop at a car wash <laughs> on the way out of town the to car wash, wash in every... town. It wasn't so an automatic at that point. Yep. It was not automatic. But Jeff was like, I can't see to drive. It's not even safe. We had to we go cha- we went and changed at my parents' house and then had to go through the the car wash to get but it was fun because i mean i have to admit i've done some pretty nasty things to people's cars we actually um heidi if heidi reynolds if you're listening i'm really really sorry that we put glitter in all of your shampoo and conditioners and things at your wedding that was my idea but i'm sorry because it's not that fun when it happens to you. But we weren't like we couldn't be mad. It was and it was so great because everybody involved a, a lot of my friend we had a lot of people from Cleveland come and there they were and especially my I still remember Vaso and Sarah, my daughter, who's not my daughter, but Sarah, you know who you are. Cleaning, like they're in their bridesmaids' dresses, and they're they've got big trash bags, and they're they're cleaning. And I knew that my parents wouldn't, my family wouldn't be stuck doing everything. Um, and then Russ and Carla Varga yeah. were cleaning. I mean, every, they were all these friends were helping clean up and get everything straightened in the church. And I just, my heart was just overflowing with love for all of you people who uh, loved us so well. And it was so great to have so many of our Cleveland friends there, because one thing my mom has always said, um, she never worries about us. 
um, because she has met our some members of our church family and she's heard us talk about them and she knows that they are our family. They care for us. That is what is so beautiful about it is that in the family of God, it's huge. You have a huge family. It doesn't matter how many actual blood brothers and sisters or cousins or whatever you have. The family of God is a, is a beautiful thing. And they're so good at caring for us. We've been so blessed um, with so many people who are still our friends and like you would travel there. I mean, you have, it's four and a half hours. It's not, you know, you have to go stay in a hotel. You have to take the time, but so many of them, um, were, were there for us and wanted to celebrate with us. So I have to, I forgot one thing to say, remember, um, when we got, when we first got engaged, it, so it was quick, you know, Jeff moved here in, in January. We didn't really start dating, dating, I would say until March, February, March. I mean, we went out once in February and once in March and then we get engaged in June. And, um, I, apparently everyone at work at Indiana Wesleyan were kind of going, wow, that was fast. And, um, I know Josh Fisher and, and Josh Black were kind of definitely Josh Fisher were being very big brother, like, and kind of checking Jeff out going, I don't know about this. Oh, and, and, uh, T.R. Knight, who I've mentioned before, whose daughters were two of our flower girls, he he gave you a test, didn't he? One he time? did. Oh, I got I got I got I got read the riot act by oh, both. Oh, by Brittany, Brittany too. Oh my god, and by T.R. The, yeah. the the little brother you never wanted. The little brother I never wanted. T.R. Love him, but um, yeah, they there were a lot of people looking out for me. I think uh, tell what Brittany said. So Brittany, actually was my niece was on her way to Cleveland for a long weekend to visit me the day after we got engaged. Correct. She was, so she knew it was happening, but she was on her way there that Friday. And that so one time that weekend, she banished me to my bedroom in my apartment because she said she had to have a talk with my new fiance. I'm like, Oh my gosh. And so she t- told, well, she told me, she said, I know people and if you ever hurt my yaya, meaning Larissa, <laughs> you'll regret it. And I took her deadly seriously. She was a little nervous, I think, when she was saying it, but she really meant it. She was like, don't, don't hurt me. And, you know, so I had all these people. I love Josh Fisher. I, I remember we went to a cookout or something at his house and he was being so serious. And I'm just cracking up. I'm like, oh, my gosh, he's acting like he's my brother and he has to you know but he was fine with it they, i was well vetted yeah he was we'll, very well vet. i mean we were already engaged but i'm telling you if he had done anything shady uh i don't he'd probably disappeared without trace i'm thinking so but well and we we discussed that we, we were going to talk a little bit about what happened after but we're going to yeah. save that i'm going to save that for another episode yeah, and um time, we're, we'll spend some time talking about that i just want to take a, the time again to pray for you as our listeners oral history is about you oral history is about hearing and and it's about the listener and our deepest desire is that you would come to know jesus christ as your lord and savior first of all and also to be able to see that woven throughout all of our stories is God's faithfulness. Um, in, you know, bringing us 
to the same place. He he had work to do in us before we were ready to be together and to be who we needed to to be to do our best work for him. And uh, but he's been he's been faithful through everything, the hard times, the the good times. Um, God's hand has been in it all, and that's what I hope that you have seen through all of this it's taken three episodes for us to tell our story but it's just so many things that it's so obvious that this didn't happen by chance that we could god decided that we could do more together for him than we could do separately and that's why he blessed us to be together but again know that you don't have to be married Male, female, it doesn't matter. You don't have to be married to do great things for the Lord. Uh, and and I pray that you know that, that in, I believe that very deeply. And if you know me and we've never talked about this, if you ever want to, please contact us through Facebook. If you have my number, I, you call me. Um, but I was single till I was 36 and that was difficult as a woman. So, you know, if you ever need to talk, I'm here. And, um, but I think, um, we don't take it for granted. Please know that, that we don't take for granted, um, the gift of our marriage. Um, so I'm hoping that you understand that, but we do want to be sensitive to the fact that not everyone is married. Um, and there are people who've been through divorce or the loss of a spouse for, um, through death or, um, you know, so we want to be conscious of that, that, uh, but God loves each of you so, so deeply. And, um, that's the most important thing that we want you to get from all of this. Why don't you pray us out, babe? Okay. Father God, we just thank you so much for the blessings that you've given us in our lives, the people you've brought us into contact with, the family that aren't blood that you brought us um, in our lives. And we just pray that everyone who hears this will hear through the thread of all of our stories that you are the only thing that is constant. You are the only thing that never changes. You are the only thing that will never let us down because we as humans will always be imperfect, but you are perfect. And Father, I just pray for each person that ever hears our voices, no matter when um, that may be, that they will catch the love that you have for them, that they will maybe for the first time realize that they have a purpose because you created them to be exactly who they are. Um, you've brought them exactly where they need to be that they can be used no matter what by you. And we are so grateful that you have shown us that, that you have allowed us to be um, together, to, to work for you, and just to watch your wonderful story unfold. We thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And thank you for being a part of episode eight of Oral History. We'll be back with episode nine, where we'll kind of talk about some of the difficult things that we've been through together, and uh, and then we'll share in a future episode 
the Hallmark Movie Channel story of bringing our daughter home um, in 2010. So thank you for being a part of this today, and we're grateful for you. Talk to you soon. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Aural History. This has been a production of Z Media and is copyrighted with all rights reserved. Join us again next time.